We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It is Thursday, July 1st, and we're going to talk about a lot of different things today. So instead of talking about Florida State, I figured today would be a great day to really dive into a lot of different topics. And obviously, we're going to talk a little bit of recruiting. I want to give sort of some thoughts that I have on the name image likeness situation. I want to make sure that my position on this is clarified because I've I feel like based on some responses I've gotten from people the last couple days that my that I have not done a good good job, very good job expressing what I think on that. And I also want to have some Irish some news about what we're doing here at Irish Breakdown that I want to get into. And then of course the majority of this is going to be about questions and answers because that is honestly the the most fun part of the show. So uh, as I dive into some of these things, if you you know obviously love any super chats, but you know you don't have to rush into that because some of this stuff is going to go through quickly, and then we'll get to the Q and A. So hope everybody's having a good day today. So I'm going to fly through some things real quick, and I want to kick things off by talking about name, image, likeness, and just my overall opinion of this subject, and then also what I think this is going to mean for Notre Dame. So first of all, I want to make sure that people understand I am. A, a proponent of name, image, and likeness. Players being able to get compensated for name, image, and likeness. There are certain rules and restrictions that I would put on it in, in sort of a way to to somewhat protect the players and, and the and just the integrity of what college athletics is supposed to be about, not from an amateurism standpoint, but just making sure that these young people are being protected with their time, uh, making sure that there's protections to put in place to make sure people aren't aren't you know, taking advantage of them and things along those lines, and also to make sure that their their time is being balanced correctly. I don't I don't want a bunch of businesses getting in these kids' DMs trying to get in touch with them. I would like to see. I, I'm I'm a big proponent of the student athletes that have signed with companies. They're going to help them promote them in that way. I think that's a great way to go as long as it's a company you trust and a company that's going to look out for your best interest. Things along those lines. I, as I said here before, you know, I've always I, I've talked about this in the past. You walk into Notre Dame bookstore and you see jerseys and no the jerseys don't have players and player names on them but just just so happened that the last three years there was always a number 12 jersey in there somewhere there was always a you know there'd be a number 83 jersey in 2019 there's always jerseys of the players that are currently top players on the team and then you look at the prices of those jerseys those prices are pretty expensive and you're wondering like how much of this are the players getting in for this you know beyond what you know what things that they should already be getting a part of because of the fact that they do bring in so much revenue. I'm also very anti-paying players from the standpoint of 
the NCAA paying players as if they're employees. You know, you get X amount of dollars because you play at Alabama or you play at Notre Dame. That's, a, to me, a different situation for me. So, you know, when I when I look at this situation, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a proponent of this avenue. My frustration, my anger, my annoyance, all the different emotions that I have had in, in recent days and recent weeks, um, all grim, always here, no question yet. Thanks, Grim. I appreciate the super chat very, very much. Uh, but, you know, for me, my frustration is more about just the lack of leadership that the NCAA has showed on this. And and I don't know why I continue to be surprised by their just just the, the stupidity of the NCAA. You know, the fact that they're they're they they literally had the audacity to put out a release yesterday to call what they're doing a policy when there is no their policy is basically we're not doing anything about it. You do whatever you need to do. So they said if you have if you know you have a state state law that you you know go by that state law and they're not going to do anything. If there isn't a state law, then you can profit from it and they're not going to do anything. So they're basically not going to do anything. There's no guidance on, you know, trying to make sure that there's there's college programs from almost every state in the country. And there's no there's nothing to try to create some semblance of uniformity. There's no there's no conversation about what can we do to protect student athletes, to protect their rights. I mean, you know, how many of these kids aren't aware that, hey, you, you know, you need to get your brand out there. You need to get that thing trademarked. You need to have legal protections and all these other kind of things so that people aren't taking advantage of you. You know, I mean, there's so many things the NCAA could do in this. If the NCAA was smart, they would come up with a plan to say, hey, look, because of this, we're going to now make a big change. Where we're going to allow college institutions to create majors or tracks, or even if it's not a a major, but maybe a minor or a concentration, which would be great, especially for basketball players, is, hey, look, you're going to take classes on branding. You're going to take classes on licensing. You're going to take a class on, you know, uh, the economic class, various economic topics that would be beneficial to them. We're going to take a, you know, marketing classes, business ethics classes, communication classes, all these type of things to say, hey, it's, it's our job to make sure that we're helping you not just to profit off of yourself, but make sure that we're giving you the educational resources that you can thrive, that you can become a true entrepreneur, which is what they do for every other student, right? If you want to be a business major, they're going to give you all the resources that you need to be go to go be successful in that part of your business. Well, athletes, it's like all they care about with athletes is, well, as long as you know you can run fast and throw far and tackle and dunk and hit a baseball really far or score a lot of soccer goals or whatever the case may be, we don't really care about, you know, making sure that, that we've really given you the pathway to be as successful as possible and using your talent to benefit yourself. We're just going to use your talent to benefit ourselves, ourselves. And, and so those are things that the NCAA could and should do. But instead, they're basically just kind of washing their hands up and saying, we're not going to deal with it, which is just total cowardice and a complete lack of leadership. But uh, I want to make sure that people understand the name, image and likeness thing I support. You know, I, I was joking with my wife yesterday. She does. She builds logos and she does branding for websites and things like that. And I said, hey, you know what? You should go in and try to help these college athletes with this, you know, because, uh, you know, I know she would look out for them and things like that. It was just it was a joke. But the, the point being is I, I'm all for that. I, I'm all for these young people being able to to profit in some ways off of their hard work, their blood, sweat and tears and the things that they do in that regards. And so uh, there just needs to be a, a more coherent plan in place. And right now there is no coherence. And they actually had the audacity to use the words clarity and, oh, I'm going to pull this up because it was just, it was, it was comical. The things that they put in there, it's like, they'll just say anything. I mean, 
they this these people have no shame. They use the words in their policy. First of all, they called it a policy, which was a, a hilarious because there was literally no policy in there. It's just we're not going to do anything about it. They use the words fairness and integrity and clarity to talk about their release yesterday, which is just absolutely insane. So that is my stance on the, the on the name, image, and likeness discussion. I am pro NIL. I am anti NCAA in the manner in which they handle it. And I'm going to be honest with you. I have been frustrated with the NCAA for years, but I always felt like the NCAA was a necessary evil. I'm at the point now where it's like all you are is just a a uh, an entity that just cares about making money. There is no there is no concern or care for college athletics or college athletes involved there. I'm ready for the NCAA to be done, and I'm ready for it to to be to die a very painful, fast death, and for something to be in, in replace of it that would hopefully be a situation where it would it would be better it would be better for student athletes but also for institutions because at the end of the day yes the student athletes are marketable and they are a part of a, a process but the reality is is when Notre Dame players leave Notre Dame Notre Dame fans stay fans of Notre Dame it doesn't matter who the players are it's your love is for Notre Dame and you happen to love and respect those players when they're there but for I mean, you should see some of the numbers we get for when we put NFL stories out of nothing but Notre Dame players. It's like, eh, you know, he's not a Notre Dame anymore, and he doesn't play for my favorite NFL team. So, you know, who cares? It's a lot of people feel. And I don't say I like that, but I mean, the love is for Notre Dame. The love is for Duke basketball. The love is for Kentucky basketball. The love is for those type of entities, not necessarily the individual players per se. And so, you also need to make sure that we're protecting that brand as well as also protecting and and lifting up the individual brands of the players in the sports where that is is profitable. So that is my stance on that. So next, let's talk a little bit of recruiting. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So I was, I've been able to do some digging these last couple of days. Just want to give some latest things on what I've heard uh, in regards to recruiting here uh, with Notre Dame. Number one, Jalen Sneed, uh, everything is looking good there. It's just going to be a timing thing. I don't, I think there's some uh, just, I, there, there's no decision-making necessarily going on. It's just, it's just kind of doing some things in the background, just to taking his time and join the process. But I still feel I feel great about where things stand there. Uh, that's not going to change, in my opinion. Some other players that uh, of note, Jaden Bellamy is going to make an announcement tomorrow on July 2nd. If you're listening to this via podcast, it may be Friday already, July 2nd. So his announcement is going to come today. 
multiple sources I've spoken with, everybody feels it's it's trending in Notre Dame's direction. So that would be a, a good addition to the class. Devin Moore from Naples, Florida, another defensive back. It is, again, Notre Dame is really trying to push hard to get him to decide this summer. It is very similar to what we've talked about with defensive backs, which is he likes Notre Dame a lot. It's just about are you comfortable enough with Notre Dame to say, yes, this is my choice, or do you still have some desires to see some other places and see some other options out there? If he decides this summer, I feel I feel good about where Notre Dame is. If he wants to carry this in the fall, I become a lot more nervous about that and about uh, defensive back recruiting as a whole. Staying along the secondary aspect of it, Jake Pope uh, is supposed to be making a decision soon. As far as I know, there is no specific timeline for that, but uh, it has been trending in Notre Dame's favor here for a few weeks now since he visited. And what I've been heard from, or what I've learned from a couple sources, is that the Ohio State and Alabama visits, while impressive, did not move the needle for him in regards to uh, his feelings about Notre Dame. Now, that could change. North Carolina is still making a hard push, uh, and those other programs are still making a hard push as well. But it, it right now, things are, are looking good in Notre Dame's favor. Benjamin Morrison is a little bit of the opposite feel. So um, Notre Dame was in really good shape coming out of the visit, and Washington has been able to rally back and now it's trending in Washington's direction. So Notre Dame is still battling. They still want him. They would still take him. He absolutely would have a spot in this class. I have some people ask me, uh, and I don't know if this is being floated out there, or if this is just people asking me their opinion, but I've had multiple people in the last several days ask me, you know, Hey, is there a take? Is there going to be room for him? If Benjamin Morrison wants to come to Notre Dame, there's going to be room for Benjamin Morrison to come to Notre Dame. There's no question about it. It's just that things are not trending in, in a good direction for Notre Dame, but they are still battling. But the Devin Moore one is is really the big one. If you can get Moore and Bellamy and Mickey, that's a, a really good corner class. Is it as good as it would have been with Moore and Morrison and Mickey? No, it would not have been. But it's still a good class. The final one is very interesting, and that is Xavier Nwankpa. So I have talked to many sources on this in ultimate, uh, excuse me, in um, in every direction. And nobody seems to have any idea what he's going to do at this point in time or the time frame with which he's going to do it. But there have been some very interesting developments in recent days. Ohio State picked up a fifth defensive back uh, yesterday with Terrence Brooks from, I believe he's from Texas. And the interesting thing here is, is from what I have been told for the last month or so, is that Ohio State was looking to take six DBs in this class. The commitment of Terrence Brooks, Terrence Brooks gives them five DBs. The other thing I have been told, really, and this has been in the last about three weeks, is that Zion Branch from Bishop Gorman in, in Nevada is Ohio State's top safety on the board. That's a guy they really want, and they're looking good for him. And then, of course, you have Xavier Nwakpa. Well, from what I'm told, Ohio State's not going to take both and get to seven DBs. They're going to take six DBs, and Terrence Brooks gives them five. They also have another safety in the class in Kai Stokes. So this is a situation where this is why I said the longer this plays out, the better it is for Notre Dame because this could be a situation where Ohio State could end up just saying, hey, we can't take a chance of losing this guy to get this guy. We're just going to make the move and take this guy. That would be great for Notre Dame. And I would be surprised if Notre Dame doesn't use the fact, and not in a negative recruiting, but just to simply pointing out the fact that, hey, look, you're our number one guy. You, you, you know, I don't know who what anybody else is telling you, but you're our number one guy, and we'll take you whenever. There is no, there's no running out of room for you in our class, and so I think that is something that I'm probably about as optimistic as I've been about Xavier Wonk. But now again, 
that is just more of a circumstances situation. That is not me getting intel saying, yes, he's leaning towards Notre Dame. It's not that at all. It's just more of I've you know it, it, my experience with this is if this continues to play out for a while, it, it's going to bode well for Notre Dame. And that's uh, that's kind of a wrap for the defensive recruiting in 2022. 2023, obviously Notre Dame off to a great start. And I ex- I would expect some more dominoes to fall here over the next month or two in the 2023 class. But what I have been able to gather is Notre Dame is not pushing for any 2023 kids to commit. It, they didn't push for Keon Keeley commit. They didn't push for Brennan Vernon to commit. Those kids made decisions and Notre Dame was obviously going to take those players. But they're not pushing for those kids to commit, which I think is uh, a sign to me that, and from some things I've gathered, that as good as this 2022 class can be, Notre Dame understands they're riding a hot, a hot, hot hand right now, and that you need to make sure that you're not getting uh, too far ahead of yourself with 2023 kids because there's no need to. You took a big class in 2021, you're going to take another big class in 2022. With 2023, your numbers may not be as high. So the focus needs to be on impact players across the board. And so that's what I'm hearing is that Notre Dame is shooting for the top of the board at a lot of positions. And when that's the case, you're not going to necessarily fill up early, which is a good thing, in my opinion, in this instance. So let's talk a little bit about Notre Dame receiver recruiting. Uh, Right now, I feel Notre Dame is in a really good place with uh, CJ Williams. I feel like they're in a position where they could maybe wrap this one up by the end of the summer. It's just about continuing to make sure that the momentum you have now continues and you don't lose that, which is helped helped by the fact that they're getting ready. You know, they just started a dead period. I believe today, I think the dead period starts. So it's not like these kids are going to be getting on other campuses and things like that. Tobias Merriweather is a very interesting situation. So it's it's still a deal where if he commits this summer, I feel really good about where things stand with Notre Dame. If he decides he wants to wait and take more visits and let things play out into the fall, then I'm going to be a little bit more concerned. But right now, Notre Dame feels very good about where they are with him. Same thing with Nicholas Anderson. They feel really good with where they are with him, but it is going to come down to him in Oregon. I would imagine a decision will be made with at least two of those guys by the by the end of July is, is kind of how I see it. Now, whether or not we know about all those decisions may be a different story, but I, I do expect decisions to be made with those three. Did a little bit of digging on Xavion Bradshaw. It sounds like there's a little bit of a difference of opinion with some people on him. And at the end of the day, it, it that one's not, I don't think that one's going to happen, but um there are some people that like him more than others, but the, 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 the yeah, so I'll leave it at that. But um, it doesn't, I don't think what that one's going to happen right now. I think they're going to focus on getting the bigger receivers, the more polished receivers that do a little bit of different things um, than what he does in the class. So that's where they are with that. So I, I don't expect that uh, recruitment in Notre Dame and Xavier Bradshaw to really do a whole lot moving forward. And that's, that's, I'll have more on this here down the road, but as far as a podcast format and YouTube format, this that's about all I'm I'm comfortable saying on that one. Nicholas Singleton did some digging on this. I believe it was Tom Loy. Uh, I got a text message saying that Tom Loy, um, Matt, I think you're the one that sent me a text, right? I believe it was Tom Loy. Let me find Matt's text just because I want to make sure I'm giving proper credit to uh, – uh, I believe it was Tom Loy that reported that Nicholas Singleton is going to make a decision on July 6th, so that will be Tuesday. 
from from what I gathered today, uh, Notre Dame is not feeling optimistic about this one at all. It sounds like, from what I'm told from a couple different sources, that Nicholas really likes Notre Dame. There are a couple people around him that also like Notre Dame, but there's some very strong, influential uh, forces around him that really, really want Penn State. And so right now it looks like Penn State is going to win the deal, and Notre Dame is going to strike out with their number two back. I don't I don't believe that Notre Dame is going to get a second back in this class. There's not going to be any plan B guys being taken in this class. If another back emerges that's that they view to be as good as the guys that they lost on, then then that would be a guy. And I've mentioned Jabron Payne, who right now is a is it would be more of a plan B guy. I, there's some academic things I have to find out about, but I'm not saying he's an academic question. I'm saying I don't know the academic fit. He had an injury last year, so I mean he's he's a, he'd be a plan B guy. But if he comes out as a senior and he's bigger and he blows up, maybe they could make a move there. But they're not going to just go to a second running back. And this is what we had said, what what we, we had predicted here, and that's what I've been able to gather from sources that if they miss Singleton, they'll probably still keep trying to recruit him. But I don't I don't think that they'll have much of a shot at flipping him. But you know they'll still try. But they're not going to take a plan B guy, which is a good thing. I'm glad to hear that. Offensive line, basically, when it comes to the big-name guys, it's Shrouth and Zach Rice. That's really all that's left on the board right now for Notre Dame when it comes to offensive line play of the – of the. I guess you could call uh, – I guess you could call um, uh, Emil Wagner a big-time guy. I, I have a difference of opinion, but he is ranked pretty high. But that's really it. They've got to get at least one of those guys, preferably Shrouth and, and Singleton. Shrouth is still out there, and, and that's good news. The fact is, is that's another one that it's kind of taken a different turn. I thought that if it went a longer, it was going to benefit Wisconsin, which it did. But now that Wisconsin seemed to be the, the, the where he was going to go, now the longer it goes on past that, it, I think it's good for Notre Dame. He's still listening. He's still receptive. I still think it's a situation where in his heart of hearts, he likes Notre Dame, but as we've said before, there's going to be pressure to stay closer to home, not from parents, but from, you know, community and, and things like that. And, and then just making that decision to leave home. So they're still pushing there. Zach Rice, as I've said recently, nothing new there. Uh, Notre Dame made themselves a player for him. Now it's about what's next. Can you close the deal for him? Uh, and then Emil Wagner, again, I don't, I don't see him making a decision here in the very, very near future, but Notre Dame is going to continue to push there. So that is where things stand with Notre Dame recruiting. Uh, I, I, I want to address running back recruiting because we've had a lot of people talk about this. And this is one of those things that's kind of feel like it's the Brian Kelly conversation where we need to be able to give Lance Taylor some credit for the fact that Notre Dame has recruited better in recent seasons at running back than it did previously. We also have to be willing to admit the fact that of the four running backs that Lance Taylor's got commitments from, two of them were primarily happened not because of him, but because of other people. Uh, I've shared the Chris Tyree situation before that he was basically um, close to committing to Notre Dame. Uh, and had basically told Notre Dame he was going to come, but he wanted to take some visits. But he went to Oklahoma, and Oklahoma blew him away, and he had basically told Coach Taylor and Notre Dame that he was he was leaning towards Oklahoma. Then Chip Long got involved, and it was Chip Long that got him back in with Notre Dame and got him back in the class. We talked about last year. Obviously, Lance Taylor did a nice job with Audric Estime late in the game. It was Terry Joseph who drove the rec- and Tommy Reese who drove the recruitment for Logan Diggs, not Lance Taylor. And they did a really nice job getting Janarian Price. You guys know I like Janarian Price, but the fact is, is Notre Dame targeted three top running backs that they viewed as being top of the board players, and they lost on all of them. 
And the manner in which they lost to me is more of the disturbing thing is that they didn't even get Gavin Salchuk on the board. I had been told that, you know, that, that they felt good about Singleton. And so they kind of moved on from Salchuk. And then I was told that that's not what happened, that he just, they just flat got beat for him. And then obviously the manner in which he pers- I think there were other coaches that did a really good job with Dallin Hayden, uh, some offense, some, de- some defense, and that the visit was very impactful, but the manner in which Lance Taylor recruited Dallin Hayden ultimately was one of the deciding factors of why he went to Ohio state. And that's problematic. And you can say, yes, he's getting good backs. And he is, they're getting good backs. Logan Diggs, Diggs, Audric estimate, Jeremy price are good backs. But the fact is, is that now this is two years in a row where they flat out missed on their top targets across the board and have had to kind of go to sort of what's what's you know th- those next level guys i don't con- consider jadarian price a next level guy per se but he wasn't ever part of that big three he was always sort of that next guy and now i, I so i we need to be able to say hey look running back recruiting is going okay i mean they've got jadarian price they got digs they got estimate that's good but we also have to be able to admit the fact that you've got a running backs coach who's not getting the top guys on the board and the and the only time he did was with a big assist from the offensive coordinator, which is fine. I mean, that's how it's supposed to be. But at some point in time, you need a, a running backs coach that can start winning some of these battles. You don't have to win them every year, but you've, you've got to win them more than once at, in, in a three-year span. So that's a little bit problematic. And then you combine it with some of the issues that we're seeing at wide receiver with development and recruiting. You know, look, that side of the ball, look, we have to be saying, look, def- defense is killing it right now. Offense is doing good, but is it doing as good as it needs to do? No, it's not, and that that has to be addressed by Brian Kelly. Uh, and when you when you look at what the defense is doing, just from a work, a closing, all those type of things, it's certainly becoming problematic. Matthew Hader says, Coach D, this may be my first comment, but been listening to you for years. I appreciate that. Uh, who's your top of the board, two thousand twenty three, not committed or QB? So my top of the board, two thousand twenty three QB, Matthew is Dante Moore, and and that to me is is you know, he's different than Tyler Buckner in some ways, but there's a lot of similarities between those two players. I think Tyler is a more dynamic athlete. I think Tyler's a more dynamic runner. Dante is a passer who can run, but he's a passer where Tyler Buckner's more of a dual threat quarterback. But that is the kind of recruiting you need to have at quarterback to take the next level. You've got to get your Tyler Buckner. And I think Tyler Buckner has a chance to be a brilliant player. But then you also have to do what Al, what what Clemson has done, where you know you get, uh, you know you get Trevor Lawrence in eighteen, but then two years later you follow him up with DJ Uangalale. I think I got that right. I think I might have got that right that time. But you know then he sits for you know he redshirts for a year, not redshirts, but gets some playing time in Trevor's junior year, and he knows that I'm I'm the backup for a year, and then Trevor leaves, and then I'm taking over for a couple of years, and you kind of keep it that way. Hopefully that can be the the Tyler Buckner Dante Moore transition. But he is definitely, definitely my top of the board quarterback. You know, I don't know if I have a another top of the board guy uh, at, at every position, but there are some where I have that guy. I mean, to me, on on receiver, my top of the board guys of what I've seen so far are Cardinal Tate and Jalen Brown. No question about it. At tight end, you've got to get one of Jackson Howard and Deuce Robinson. Have to get them. Have to get them. Uh, at linebacker, to me, there's a couple guys I really like that stand out to me. Uh, that I would like to see you get, and I'm, uh, there's one guy I'm not going to mention at linebacker because I'm, I'm going to talk about him next. But you know, I really like Drake Bowen. 
He's an in-state kid. I think you have to get him. I did not mention Sonny Styles because I still kind of view him as a hybrid guy. I think he's going to be a linebacker, but maybe he wants to play safety. And I don't care. I'd give him a chance to play wherever the heck he wants. Sonny Styles is a, is a top of the board guy. And then there's another kid. And if I had to pick one player besides the quarterback, that if you could say you can only guarantee that Notre Dame is going to get one other guy in this class, who would that be? It'd be AJ Harris from Alabama, the five-star cornerback from Alabama. He is a special, special player. He is my number one. He's the best corner I've seen so far in high school, regardless of class. So 2022 and 2023. Uh, the kid had something like 10 touchdowns last year on off on defense and special teams. He, he's just absurd. And incredibly high academics, comes from a great family, military family respectful i mean just an awesome family who actually grew up grew up you know watching notre dame games it's a notre dame family so that doesn't mean anyone's pushing notre dame they're not notre dame's got to win this one but it just means that in this era of you know notre dame can't get top of this that and the other this is the perfect kind of kid there are no excuses to not get a kid like this meaning meaning no built-in excuses well he does he has low grades he's he's from alabama he's not from alabama he is in alabama now but he's not a born and raised alabama kid so that would be one that would be huge for me. And he likes Notre Dame a lot. And I talked to a source the other day that that knows AJ a little bit. And what he wants to do academically and beyond football is going to play a much bigger role in his decision than your typical five-star cornerback. So uh, that, that would probably be one, Matthew, that would be, you know, my top of the board guys left on either side of the ball. You know, AJ would probably be my guy on defense. But it's tough picking between him and Sonny Styles. I think they're both very important. Uh, but but uh, just because of AJ and the unique position, I'd, I'd probably go with him. But, you know, man, I, you know what? Screw it. It's my show. I can do what I want. I'm going to go 1A, 1B on defense. It's going to be AJ Harris and Sonny Styles. Those are the two guys you got to get. And then on offense, it's Dante Moore right now. And then I think if you get Dante Moore, then Cardinal Tate and those other type of guys follow. He's that kind of player. I'm not saying they're going to get Dante Moore. It's going to be a battle. I'm not saying they're even the leader for Dante Moore. I'm just saying they're in the game. He made the visit this summer. They're in the game. And this is going to be – you could argue this is going to be the biggest recruitment of Tommy Reese's tenure as offensive coordinator. If you can pull off that kind of move as an offensive coordinator, that gives you a lot of a lot of uh, cachet to work with when it comes to um, recruiting the next level. So, uh, it, yeah, twenty twenty three. That would be the answer to that question, Matthew. And that is going to be that's going to be it. So, going to wrap up today's show. I appreciate everybody being with me. Uh, appreciate all the questions. Um, hopefully Vince is back tomorrow. It's going to be a lot smoother when we get him back. And, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to have a great week next week. Stay locked in. If you are on Twitter, follow me at coach D one seven, eight. You can also email me anytime. If you have questions or concerns or comments at, at Brian at or my email is Brian at irishbreakdown.com. And, uh, and of course, stay locked into the channel. We'll be back for another mailbag tomorrow. Uh, that's going to be a, uh, another mailbag type. So we'll have a lot of t- questions. I'm sure. And uh, hopefully we'll have Vince back tomorrow. So if there are any trolls that jump into our our, uh, our show during the deal, we'll be able to deal with it a little bit quicker. So I appreciate your patience today. Appreciate everybody being with me this week. There's been a really long week. A lot of news going on. Hopefully we're going to get some good news tomorrow. We expect Jaden Bellamy to make his decision at some time tomorrow. Depending on when he does that, we may just talk about it during the podcast or during the mailbag. If he does it after the mailbag, then we may come back and have another Jaden Bellamy commitment one if he picks Notre Dame. 
right? So that's uh, that's what we do tomorrow. So I hope everybody has a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you all again very, very soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.